This episode of Bright Hearth is brought to you by the Kingsridge Elderberries, QP Goat Soap, Backwards Planning Financial, Private Family Banking, Dylan Hamilton's new book, That's What Iceland Is For, and by our supporters at Patreon.com. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Proverbs 31, 10 through 12. You've captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. You've captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much better is your love than wine, and the fragrance of your oils than any spice. Song of Solomon 4, 9-10. Welcome back to Bright Hearth, everybody. Lexi and Brian are here tonight, hanging out. How are you, Brian? Man, I am... Just feeling so revived from our evening walk, revived. our post-catechism evening oh, great. walk. great. That means you're going to be up for hours? Is that- I'm revived. I had iced coffee at 3 p.m. Did you seriously? <laughs> you should have seen the look oh like you just gave me. Babe, I've been doing that every day for weeks. Oh, why? I feel so good right now. Mm. So good. I could record six Bright Hearts right now. Do you want to do it? The I look of disgust. so together. sick. I would feel so sick. Lexi can't even imagine. Imagine <laughs> drinking coffee after like 9 a.m. I can't have more than 16 ounces at the max in the morning. You know, Actually, I do better now that I know how to drink it in a pro-metabolic way. I don't get mm-hmm. shaky anymore because I put sugar in it. I don't uh, like sugar in it, but it works. Yeah. It's because you're so perky and vivacious that you don't even it's need true. it. It's true. I kind of go crazy. Yeah. It makes me. It makes you dangerous. Dangerously. Like type A plus 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 burns personality. Yeah, it's, it's, it'd be it'd be bad. <laughs> it'd be like, okay, I gotta organize, and then I gotta get my list for tomorrow. Oh, I should read the. Uh, we should do the baseboards. Gotta dust the windows still. Ooh, we gotta do the ooh, new blinds. Ah, let me research that really quick. Ooh, I think I'll just new new health binder. Okay, oh, everybody. okay, okay. Yeah, it'd be amazing. So, all right. Um, before we before we just as the reviewers often say, just get lost in each other's eyes. What? Okay. They're always like la- they're always saying that there's an enormous amount of you know what tension between you and I here. And I say there's no tension. We're married. Like it's it's all resolved. We're perfectly <laughs> we're perfectly capable. It's anyway, wow, I should not be saying any of this. And babe, what are we what are we uh we're in a Q&A season. Yes, What's our cue we that we are that ready was to a big A? distraction. Yeah, um, I'm sorry about that. Okay. So, we have one question that you kind of turned into two, so we can talk about both sides of it. But somebody asked us, how can a wife encourage her husband to grow in his masculinity? And in the same, how can a husband encourage his wife to grow in her femininity? Good question. Good question. And I do think we'll probably overlap, but it does make sense, I think, to do this in the two halves. So we can kind of focus in on one and then and then talk about the other. So let's start with the wife. How can a wife encourage her husband to grow in his masculinity? Babe, what, do you have any initial kind of thoughts or instincts maybe about this question? Well, the, the first thing I thought of when you asked this was a wife checking what her vision of masculinity is mm-hmm. and making sure it's actually biblically accurate. And she's not something you and I were talking about recently was how if a husband genuinely is fulfilling his biblical duties, she should not be adding other duties on top of him and like measuring him against that yeah. as a yardstick. Cause it yeah. might just be not, not an effeminate personality, but I do think it's important for women to know 
what is your husband's personality and what does masculinity in that personality look like? Yeah. Not masculinity in your pastor or your, you know, Bible study leader or your house church leader or some, the worship leader. Some guy on Twitter. Yeah. Some guy on Twitter. Yeah, or podcast. How has the Lord created your husband to be masculine? And yeah. is he genuinely doing that? Yeah. That's because great. I think that's one way this question, I don't know how this question was asked, but you know, it could be from a place of discontent. Sure. So I would say, check yourself. <laughs> yeah. But the flip side of it, I have had this conversation for real with real people in my real congregation in Ogden. And one of the things I always tell the women to do is you better up your hospitality game. Then if you want your husband to be more masculine, like the men around him, are you taking it upon your shoulders to create the context for him to be able to do that then? Mm -hmm. Like to be surrounded by masculine men. Yeah. Are you inviting those families over for dinner? Are yeah. you, are you okay with him going for a Saturday to go shooting and you're home with mm -hmm. the kids or like a Friday night to go? I know we have like chess night at our church. So I'm trying to think of different things, but yeah, there were two things in there. You said <clears throat> that I think are really important. And one, it, just to be clear, the person who sent this in, they actually left a little note. They're not even married yet. So they were just like looking forward at how can I be thinking about being a, the type, it was a lady. How can I think be feminine and encourage a future husband and his masculinity kind of stuff? Like what things to be aware of. And for, for that specific situation, I'd say, yeah, here's a good thing to be aware of that. You're not adding law that God doesn't command. Yeah. In the sense that you're not saying like my husband for to be truly masculine, he has to have this exact personality type. He has to like this exact hobby. He yeah. has to be outgoing all the time mm -hmm. or maybe not. I don't know. He has to be taciturn or funny or not funny or not taciturn. Like a lot of times we get one sort of archetypal personality in mind when we think about masculinity and femininity. And then we think like, oh, for a woman, a gentle and quiet spirit looks like she's introverted. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the case. You can be outroverted. <laughs> Not a what? <laughs> you just I said outroverted wow, instead of funny. extroverted. You can be an extroverted lady who is funny and even, you know, apt to speak in a public setting kind of thing and have a gentle and quiet spirit. Mm -hmm. That's not what the what the, the 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 virtue is talking about. So don't I think crystallize some image of masculinity that your husband must hit that's extra biblical and then impose that on him and yeah. be super grumpy. Yes. When he doesn't hit it. Yeah. You also noted, I think this is a really good point that a lot of ladies, they want a masculine husband until they actually realize that to have a masculine husband, their husband has to have male friends. <laughs> yeah, and, no, it's true. And then they're like, never mind. I don't want a masculine husband. I want a husband who only likes me and no one else. Well, if you want a masculine husband, Ladies, he's he's got he needs masculine friendship. He has to have a brotherhood yeah. in his life to sharpen and encourage him, to correct him, to to help him see aspects of his own failings or shortfalls that you're not in a position to help him most powerfully in or correct him in. Yeah. But other men can appropriately do that. It's true. What what other kind of I think what other ways one thing that comes to mind, and then maybe I'll kick it over to you if you if you agree with me. One of the things that I think about is just that when a woman is feminine herself, mm -hmm. that tends to draw out the masculinity in her man. Yeah, that's agree? true. Yeah, that's, yes. yes How does I that agree. work? Why and what do you think about that? Well, I think it's 
I think it's that God created us to respond to one another that way and to work well that way. So what should be happening then is if you should be checking your feminine characteristics in terms of, are you being respectful towards him? Are you being loud mouthed? Are you letting him lead at all? Or are Mm -hmm. you always nagging him and criticizing him when he leads and you don't like it? A really, really good thing to do is just to defer to him more than is necessary. Yeah. Just to show like, I really do value your leadership in these small things. I don't necessarily, I know you trust me. I don't need to double check things with you, but I value your input. Like tell him that too. Don't, don't tell yourself in your head, actually tell him that. So I think that is another good way to just encourage the God given leadership in your marriage. Yeah. That's so good that what we're talking about really, this is the way the scriptures relentlessly talk about femininity as it relates in marriage to a husband is that, you know, like for example, in Proverbs 31, she does him good all the days of his life. In Proverbs, uh, a lot of the emphasis you'll see is on her being a crown for her husband, where her femininity adorns, is differentiated from, but also adorns his masculinity. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 31 talks about how the, because of the, these traits of the wife, partly because of her help, the husband is known in the gates as an elder, who judges well, and he's there, and that's like a, a legal city father kind of role. You might see in your congregation he's a pillar, or in the community, or among you know the civil world, maybe in his career. Because of your help, your feminine helping of him in his mission, he's able to focus on that mission in a way he otherwise wouldn't be able to. He'd be distracted by many things that you're handling in feminine strength in the home and with the children and things like that as his partner, so that he can then go out and actually be masculine and pursue these things. So I do think one of the things that a wife ought to do first is first ask, am I being feminine? Mm-hmm. And then focus on that first before you go on a project to make your husband more masculine and see what that does and then move forward. Are you tired of reading children's books to your kids or grandkids with flat, lifeless illustrations and story? Is there a stack of one-time reads hidden in the dark recesses of your closet that are too dull to reread but are only kept for sentimental reasons? If you're looking for delightful illustrations and text you can sink your teeth into, as one reviewer put it, try That's What Iceland Is For. From author Dylan Hamilton and illustrator Dinah Boydston comes a short tale about the value of image bearers and what is worth losing to save them that your kids will love to read and reread. You can find That's What Iceland Is For on Amazon using the link in the description. And please leave an honest review and share the work with your friends and family. Our sponsor, Private Family Banking Partners, is on a mission to help Christians live out the Dominion Mandate by making a stealth-like move away from the mainstream banks and into their own privatized banking system. This innovative system is designed to guarantee uninterrupted compound interest and tax-free growth without exposure to typical stock market risks. To join this growing community that is already building wealth into future generations and converting post-mill talk into post-mill action, contact Private Family Banking partner Chuck De Laterante at his email, chuck at privatefamilybanking.com. Again, that's chuck at privatefamilybanking.com. To set up an appointment and to receive a free copy of Chuck's new book, Protect Your Money Now, How to Build Multi-Generational Wealth Outside of Wall Street, and avoid the coming banking meltdown, go to the link in the show notes for more information. Do you desire to be shrewd financially for your family? 
It takes wisdom and dedication to build and pass on personal wealth as mature, responsible leaders must. Joe Garrisey with Backwards Planning Financial is at your side to integrate investments, debt, insurance, tax strategies, and legacy planning in a holistic approach. He coaches his clients to act wisely with the resources God expects us to turn a profit on, to love our children and grandchildren well. Tap on the link to his website in the description and contact him to get started. Or visit him directly at backwardsplanningfinancial.com. Yeah, you've mentioned this before with counseling where the scripture seems to be really clear that if your spouse isn't doing their duty, the solution seems to be the other spouse doing their duty. Yes. God seems to want that to be the pattern for problem solving in marriage. It's one of the biggest aspects of it for Which sure. Which people don't like because because they can't they have to be responsible. It's not ta- <laughs> it's not taking matters into your own hands. So Uh it's fundamentally Mm -hmm. an act of faith in God when a wife who is dissatisfied in the way her husband is, is living, let's say even maybe an unbeliever for like first Peter three and Peter's encouragement to her, his counsel to her is win him without a word with your virtuous feminine behavior, be a glory, like be his glory and then see what happens. His, his solution is to do this without a word. And I think it's because the way that God created the the sexes to interact in marriage is such that it is not super effective for a wife to try and argue her husband or instruct her husband into masculinity. Like if all of a sudden you start <laughs> oh lecturing She's your husband. She's the last person that should be. <laughs> yeah. like, can you imagine? Can you imagine sitting me down and being like, no, babe, oh, I just so don't think you're very masculine. And here's like six things I need you to do. Like you're just, man, I can't even imagine you doing that. Nope. First, I'm just so masculine. First of all, that it'd be very. Don't ever tell your husband that he's not masculine. No, you have just torn his. Never mind. You've just emasculated <laughs> him. <laughs> so that it it won't make him more masculine. This, I know this is obvious to emasculate him. So you need to be feminine. You need to encourage him. Be a strong helper. Like think masculinity at heart is about bearing responsibility with gladness. So a man who has a strong helper will be more equipped to do this than one yeah. without a strong helper. Yeah, that's that's true. It, it seems counterintuitive because I think the instinct, the sinful instinct sometimes is to be like, he's not masculine, he's not proactive, he's too passive, so I'm just going to back off and let everything fall to the ground to demonstrate how needed I am and how little he's doing. That's not the answer. The answer is to be his helper. Like, And that might look like, I like the way you said it, that you approach him and you say, hey, I would love your help on this issue. Can you help me think through this? I'm thinking about how to order some of these issues with the kids and like discipline or with family worship or with something like that. You know, I'd really, how, what have you read about this? What do you think about this? How, how can I help you? Can I do some things to set this up for you? You're putting the ball in his court in a feminine way, in, in a way that actually says, hey, I believe in you. Yeah. I think you can do this. Yeah. Like if you see an issue, you should, I'm trying to think of times that I've come to you with different things where I'm trying to say, these are the three different solutions that I see are possible ways to help you with this. Mm-hmm. And here's how I'm willing to help you with it. Now you make the decision. Yeah. And I know <laughs> you mean sense? it. I know you actually mean it. Like sometimes you'll see a thing in our house or in our, in our world that I'm not seeing often because of my perspective and focus, like because of what it is that I'm doing. 
and you'll you'll say, "Hey, I'm thinking about this. We need to do this. We need to. I think we need to change this." Here are some options that I was thinking through, and I know that you will actually submit to me when I do say, "Hey, you're right." Or even yeah. if I were to say, "I know you'd submit to me," even if I were to say, "I actually don't think you're you're right about that. I don't think we need to do that." I do. Even if you disagree, here's a. This is a difficult I point. I can't think of a time where we've. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to come up with a specific example. Well, but I think you're correct in that if she wants him to be masculine, the flip side is that of that is that she has to be willing to submit when it she doesn't like it. She, you actually have to submit to him. And the thing about submission is submission is most important when you don't agree. Correct. Like when he does lead, sometimes it will be in a direction you don't want to go. And the point is, go anyway. If and again, again, like if it's not sin, obviously if it's not sin, if he's not telling you go, hey, we're going to go worship Molech this week we this weekend or we're gonna go to the mormon temple whatever you know like don't do that but when he leads you actually need to go okay i'm gonna do this when he says hey we're i think we need to move the family to this other location because the church there and our church here is not cutting it and this this area doesn't have the culture we need so we're gonna sell our house and move and you might go what and of course he's 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 gonna seek you know, he's going to talk to you. He's going to, what are you thinking about this? You guys are going to have conversations. But if at the end of that, he says, I believe this is what we ought to do. Then you do it. You do it. You. She fears, she does not fear for the future. Why? Because she trusts the Lord and she trusts that, that because the Lord is the one telling her to submit to her husband, the Lord will do her good. Here's the thing, ladies. Even if the decision in human terms ends up not being the, the quote, right one, you know, like maybe you lose money or it's like a big thing and it's a fiasco and, and you're like, wow, we wouldn't have done that in retrospect. But you submitting to him was still the right thing. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. Even though it was the wrong call. Even though it was the wrong call on his behalf. Quote unquote wrong call. Yeah. Following him in the wrong call, not into obvious sin, but in issues of wisdom, following your husband in what you might think is the wrong call. I'm not saying don't ask him questions. Don't be like, hey, I'm concerned about this. Actually, it's pretty scary or, you know whatever it is, you know, I think that's important. Another one just obvious is like, don't talk over or interrupt your husband, especially in public. Be very careful about joining in jokes at his expense, especially in public. Just don't join in jokes. Just don't. Like if the, <laughs> it, here's what happens How about a lot. don't? <laughs> if the boys are all ragging on your guy and that's normal for the boys to do. I overheard Ben and Eric. Uh-huh. I don't know if they're listening to this. Probably not. They were making fun of you or something. They wanted uh-huh. to stir up trouble at Psalm Sing and talk louder. Oh, I bet they I did. I was so annoyed. <laughs> See, and I know that you'd be annoyed by that because you have my back. I, they, they were joking. I, I knew they were joking in the moment. I knew it, but I was... Yeah. But that's an example of oh, like, you don't go and say like, yeah, let's... Let's do it. Let's. I think I actually did say something snarky like, he said it's annoying to try and direct people when they're talking. Yeah. Because I was annoyed that they were... <laughs> <laughs> it's like I let, had your back, babe. Uh, you have my back. I knew they were joking. You know, Eric and Ben. It's like Love they you. like to make fun of my mustache and my fr- <laughs> yeah, I know, my French I know. ancestry. And yeah. I think some wives have the personality where they're like a little bit more one of the boys, and they're like jokey and oh yeah, don't oh, join yeah. in and be like oh yeah, his husband he's so fancy and French. Yeah, and blah. no, you should actually stand for your man and be like, <laughs> my husband is the hottest mustached Frenchman in the world. So back off. And I'm not saying do it in an unfeminine way. You don't necessarily yeah, need to yeah, say yeah. anything. But yeah, don't, that's what I was going to say. Is don't jump in. 
if that is your personality, you tend towards that. Don't you don't have to be somebody else who's the opposite all right. of a sudden. Just don't say anything. Then. Yeah, don't keep say it to yourself. Don't because the thing is, it don't really does nice prick your man's. Yes, like he needs to have ribbing from his friends, but he doesn't need it from his wife. And every time I talk about this on Twitter, I tweet about this occasionally. The feminists always show up and they're like, oh man, you're ma- th- these men, their masculinity is so fragile that they can't handle their wife joking about him. And I'm like, no, it's not that. It's not really that he's so fragile I he's going to pop. joke with you and poke fun at you yeah. all the time. It's that generally you need to understand your, if you want masculinity, you have to understand how masculinity works. And the primary vehicle through which his masculinity is built up by you is through honor, respect, mm-hmm. encouragement, and generally standing for your man. So I think it's important that a lady starts with the normal, how am I respecting him? How am I encouraging him? How am I putting the ball in his court in responsibility? Um, How am I following him, submitting to him, asking for his opinion, genuinely listening when he then responds, not interrupting him? I think those are all important aspects. And and I think I have one more. Do you have any others that you wanna that you would like to add before uh, we? Not that come to mind. Okay, excellent. So w- one more area I think that is particularly important. We talked about respect. Um, I think it would be we would be missing the 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 we'd be missing the target not to also say that how a woman is sexually to her husband is important in building him up in his masculinity. In the sense of being obviously interested in him and into him is very important mm-hmm. because that, it, in the sense that there should always be like the way I think about it is that he he we want to see him leading and pursuing and in doing that kind of like masculine work, but she also needs to be inviting and and mm-hmm. he needs to know the invitations kind of like always in the mail. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense, and not like. Stonewalled. Correct. If he's going to initiate, she has to be willing to receive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, and the thing is, and people aren't dumb. Like a guy can tell if his wife is like phoning it in, in the sense where she's like, Ugh. in the same way that like when a kid says, mommy, I have to go potty. <laughs> right. And then sometimes you're like, okay. And the kid's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, like, and instead it's like, we love you, of course. Like, mm-hmm. th- th- there should be, that was a really weird analogy for this. Yeah, but it was. I, mean, I, was, I was very confused. <laughs> but I mean, like, um, a general, there is such thing as saying, like, wow, I, like a husband might have a situation where he, it's it, where his wife's like, really want to talk with him. And he might honestly not feel like, it. he might feel more quiet that night. And he shouldn't be like, surly and like oh yeah okay like anything else you want to talk about yeah okay so I want to read my this book. is what women hate is when you want to flip it around yeah they hate that they hate that <laughs> but they don't want to hear like they're such martyrs all day long and then when your husband squeezes your bum and makes a suggestive remark and you know what he get a lot him or something like yeah like where he's wanting it to go <sighs> don't be like I need to respond as still and as cold as possible because I don't want to it to go there. I'm serious. In your heart, resolve that you are going to have an open invitation when your husband comes and knocks on the door. That there's never going to be like she cracks the door a little bit and looks through. She's like, "What? Do you, hey, what do you <laughs> Which want?" Which is literally what. What song are you of selling, Solomon? 
I know, right? When he literally, knocks. she what is it? She won't I'm open the door. Bed. Yeah, she won't. I open can't the- open the door. <laughs> <sighs> it's like, what are you selling, Mister? What do you want me to buy? <laughs> and, and instead of that, it's like when your husband knocks on the door. She's like, he's knocking on his door. Yes. And obviously, <clears throat> I'm excited that he's into me. Yeah, and I'm into him. Well, and I think that's what women they forget that perspective of like he is knocking on my door not her door down the street exactly or her door at work or yep. her door her door at the bar or something and you just you just forget that you're not giving yeah. thanks for it you're annoyed yeah like you should be thankful correct when your husband's sex drive is stronger than yours and when he's knocking because yes. it, it, you're right it's yes. like wow a lot of men are knocking on sinful doors. Yes. My husband's knocking on my door. Yes. And so I'm thankful. And that's no excuse for a man to go knock on sinful doors. No. But it's a it's a way of being thankful for a godly man that he is into you. And so be into him. A lot of this whole conversation comes down to that. If you want your husband to be masculine, be into being feminine and be into being into him. Yeah, that's true. And and vice versa. Anything else before we move way. to the to the other direction here? Um, no, I don't think so. Like almost in the same way, then how can a husband encourage his wife to grow in her femininity? Any initial thoughts? How can a husband uh, encourage and call his wife up further into being a feminine glory? Well, there's a lot of different aspects that come to mind that you kind of mentioned before, like character, spiritual practice, physically feminine. I think when it comes to like character, behaviors, habits, spiritual type of disciplines of a feminine woman, I think it I think husbands need to be very specific. Yeah. Specific because if she genuinely is struggling with it, she's not it's not going to it's not second nature to her. So, I think in some ways, I don't know, maybe this isn't true, but I think in some ways can be harder for women to learn feminine traits nowadays mm-hmm. because our moms were gone. Like dads were always kind of supposed to be gone. Mm. I see what you mean. Does that make sense? But then moms enter the workforce. Yeah. So moms are absent. In it's a way. like a second strike against daughters. Mm-hmm. So I really do think there's entire bodies of knowledge just completely wiped away, completely wiped away. And so, I think it's important for husbands to be really specific. And I would say like, don't give more than one or one to three things. And an example would be like, Hey, let me take you out shopping. I would really appreciate if you wore skirts on Sunday or something like just dress up. I want you to look beautiful. I want you to feel good about yourself. Cause that's the other thing is if she's, if she's not looking feminine, she probably Mm -hmm. feels bad about herself. Yeah, probably. So he's got to think about how to coach her through that. But I have noticed that, you know, you've been really grouchy when I come home at night. I would just really love it if you smiled at me. Yeah. Like, that's it. Two things. And if she pitches a fit, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. And and this is an area where overall the first place to start is that a husband must lead her with strength. Again, masculinity is going to call forth femininity. And that doesn't mean that in either direction that we're talking here that you can, by your behavior, guarantee righteous behavior in your spouse. You just can't. That's not possible. No, it's not. You're only responsible for you and how you behave and your attitude before the Lord and your neighbor. 
but it does tend to call forth. So, so I think a husband needs to start by a lot of what you're talking about first requires him to not be passive. Yeah. He needs to really be able to think through because if he's for her spiritually, that means he's for her femininity Mm -hmm. as well. So he has to have an accurate, not slanted view of femininity, but an accurate biblical view of it to help her meet those goals. Yeah. And also like a roadmap to lead her through essentially. Yeah. So, and that does take a lot of leadership. I'm sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a husband, but that has to take a lot of thought. I'd imagine. Yeah. It takes a lot of, you have to think clearly in categories. You have to have a clear aim. This is just like being a godly Lord, being a godly ruler of your domain. You have to have a clear vision for what you want the things that you are given in your hands to look like for how they're going to be ordered. And your duty as a husband, the way that I put it in a recent sermon was that your, your duty is to order the things put in your hands to their highest earthly and heavenly good. And so you're thinking about both of those categories. Let's say now specifically here for your wife, you want her highest earthly good and her highest heavenly good. Mm-hmm. So you're seeking, just like she does him good all the days of his life, you're seeking to do her good all the days of her life, which isn't going to look like ease and comfort and, and like where everything is done for her and she's pampered and never works hard. No. That's not what it means to do her good. No. You're, you're going to participate in together uh, experiencing and enjoying heavy good blessings that will require her to have strength and you to have strength together. But it does mean that a husband has to start with like, in terms of earthly good, what do I want? Well, I want my wife to be well cared for. I want her to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I want her to be beautiful because that's an earthly good. Yeah. It, beauty is an earthly good. I want her to be a good mother. And and, and there's obviously spiritual good and heavenly good that, yeah. that leans into this too. And it's all intertwined. But unless you have that picture to start with, the thing you have to remember is that if you're passive, you're you're going to get bad results in one of two directions, either in her becoming hyper dominating or her shrinking back and everything falling to the floor because she's actually designed to respond to your leadership. Mm -hmm. So when you leave a vacuum, that vacuum is a temptation for her to jump in and dominate the home in a sinful way, or it's a temptation for her to give up. And be like, well, he's just passive, and so I'm going to be mal- I'm going to be discontent, depressed, sad, and just feel neglected, and just feel kind of like a gray little mouse over in the corner here. My husband doesn't care about me, so he has to start by leading. I mean, I, I think that's absolutely correct. Yeah, leading provision of resources, I think, is different for a woman yeah. trying to recover some of these things. You know, because even like like books. So if there's a wise, older feminine woman in your church and you know, you want to be like her, then get like the top 10 books on her bookshelf. And mm-hmm. you know, either the wife goes about initiating that or the husband doesn't get some for the wife. That's resources in the form of books. I'd say resources in the form of time too. Like if, if she really does not have anything together in her life, mm-hmm. she probably needs the gift of half an hour. I'm giving you half an hour where I'm taking care of the kids. Yep. You're not having your phone. I expect mm-hmm. you to be sitting here reading and studying. <laughs> reading and studying or here's Making a, ha- a plan for the or, next day. Yeah. So like Absolutely. free up her time, I guess, like give, giving her the resource of time. I'll, so, you know, for some of this, I think that 
I think for, I don't know, maybe, maybe you wouldn't agree with this, Brian, but I feel like I could not separate. Like I think first couple years of my marriage. Okay. Let me start with this. I have not struggled a ton by and large. I don't think with femininity necessarily. No, I don't think so. But I would say the first couple years of our marriage, I wasn't necessarily trying to grow up into that. And so when I did start pursuing it actively, I could not separate the physical from the spiritual. Mm-hmm. It was like, for me, learning to quilt was the spiritual hurdle I was jumping over because I realized I didn't have this inheritance given to me that I want to give to someone else, uh-huh. like a covenantal type of inheritance. I didn't. Yeah. And so does that make sense? So like feminine mastery. Yes. So I could, I don't, I have a hard time separating all of them because of Titus two. It is so mm-hmm. enfleshed when you're living out your feminine life that I don't, I think it would almost do harm to femininity to say the ultimate act is creating a home for people. It is domestically oriented, mm-hmm. whether or not you have people. So yeah. I have a hard time separating all those. I don't know if this is making sense. Yeah, no, that, that's, they're definitely intertwined in a way that you can't fully like separate them out of a clean. So because buckets. of that, I do think sometimes women do need a lot of resources on hand. Like I I have said to people before, I have tried to cast a really wide net domestically having my hands in probably too many things because I want my daughters to see a wide plethora of things that they could be doing. So what that means for a husband is money. He has to provide. He has to provide for her to be able to do that. Yeah. Either just examples like the one thing that keeps popping into my head is, is that I really want to learn to card wool still. And I have that little handheld spindle Uh, or like quilting was one for me or canning or gardening Mm -hmm. or, you know, even learning to play an instrument. Some women really are great musicians or learning to paint. I have friends who are good painters. And because femininity adorns things, you can't separate that. Mm -hmm. And he has to be willing that if that's the case, there's the provision for it. Yeah, there's cost for it. Yeah. Her femininity, because she's helping you and because... Uh, the the feminine nature is to adorn. So everywhere she goes, she adorns. Like she's adorning clothing. She's adorning food. You can't be mad that she might want you to hang curtains on the weekend. Right. She's adorning <laughs> the environment. If you look at like a college dorm room that is <laughs> so true. decorated by a single man, he has one futon couch, three pizza boxes, and a television like propped up on a, another box. Yeah. And he's like, I'm good. Yeah, I I truly am convinced the more I study design and stuff that pretty much any woman given the money has a natural instinct to go into a showroom of beautiful interiors and know how to put a room together. It's not for lack of just having a good eye and seeing beauty. It's usually lack of resources that women can't do that. So I, I do think that it is a particular feminine bent towards that. Yeah, she and so he has to give space and resources to that. And it's perfectly fine for a husband to say, I think back to our early years, this is our budget. Here's how much we have. She knows I'm working hard. She knows I'm not shirking or slacking, but I'm just at the stage of life where I'm still proving myself. I'm still earning my place in the vocational world. I'm not going to make $100,000 a year. I did like I I didn't come within four times that the first couple of years of our marriage. But but she knew that I had the trajectory. And so when I said, hey, no, we can't do this thing. I know you want to do this thing. And I actually, and I affirm that it's a good thing you want to do. We can't do it right now, but here's what we can do. 
here's the budget for that. And her heart trusts in him and says, I know the trajectory of this man. He's working hard. He's going to do his best. And, and, and he intends to provide for me that space. And then for the husband to say, I'm going to get crafty and think hard and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to go out there and like, you know, do be Jacob with the spotted goats and the speckled goats. And I'm going to go out in the herds and I'm going to make myself a herd and I'm going to like get, get that goat money. You know what I'm saying? Like, and take, take care of my people. And that's a good and worthy instinct. And uh, she needs that space to be able to let her femininity go forth and sing. Yeah. Back to something you said a minute ago, I think is important to note and, and circle back to a little bit. Cause here's an aspect of femininity. We're talking about with like adorning, beauty, design, apparel, things like that. So when a husband's thinking about the highest earthly and heavenly good and ordering and aiming to lead his wife into femininity, he should be starting with the interior and working out, not to the neglect of the interior or of the exterior, Mm -hmm. obviously. So he wants to start with what is a prime. If you look and you see a big bunch of work in front of you and you're like, my wife is loud. She doesn't have a gentle and quiet spirit. She's not respectful. She does. She dresses like a slob. She doesn't dress like a lady. I'm like painting a really bad picture here, guys. She's terrible with our money. She doesn't adorn. She's lazy in the house. And you look at all that stuff. What a husband needs to do is he, he looks at this big project and he goes, okay, it's a big project. Luckily, I have our whole lives to work on this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to start with the center and work out. Yeah, he needs to be optimistic. You need to love your wife and be optimistic. Mm-hmm. And you need to love the heck out of her and not be embittered towards her. She's going to have to not be embittered towards you many times in your life. So well, and it's love your neighbor like as if, you love yourself. It's the husband's fault in some ways. Sometimes it's his <laughs> fault. Sometimes it's not his fault. It's always his responsibility, but sometimes she's genuinely sinning and he he's not. Well, re- that's true. That is true. Women do sin. Yes. Yeah, some- I Yes, I agree. Women do sin. It's always his responsibility. It's his though. responsibility. Yeah, that's and how I should have said it. Over time, if he doesn't go into that situation, if he sees it and he doesn't address it, yeah, I guess then that's it is I, his fault. That's what I mean. Is I guess if he's yeah. if 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 it's gotten that out of hand, then it kind of yeah. He probably married a foolish woman, but also then if he sees it and goes to correct it, and she's uncorrectable, then again it's her fault, and he's not res- yeah, and he's doing what he can, and she's being uncorrectable and proud. So there's a give and take here, but but the point is he needs to start at the center and say. Okay, my wife has a lot of areas where she needs sanctification. I know it's my responsibility, it, you know, not with obviously not on my own strength, but with the help of the Lord to love and help my wife. So the first conversation is probably going to be something like, um, "Hey, babe, I've I, I want us as a family to be spiritually mature, and I've noticed that you, you know, um, are spending a, a large amount of time on TikTok." And your Bible's super <laughs> dusty. You haven't read your Bible. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to make sure that you have all the, what you need. I want mm-hmm. you to read your Bible every morning and pray. Here's how to pray. Here's a short book on how to pray. Yeah. It's how, I want he's you to do that. Giving her the structure to work within. Yep. Which I think is very helpful. Yeah. When a wife doesn't know where to start. Mm-hmm. God has given you him because his leadership specifically is going to help you in your forward movement. Yeah. And he needs to realize that if there's a lot of work to do, she probably feels overwhelmed by it too. Yes, exactly. She's caught in her own habits. This can yeah. happen to a man or a woman. You're caught in your own bad habits. And you sometimes need someone to come along and be like, hey, look, stop thinking about the whole thing for a second. Here's the first step. Take the first step. And we'll take the next step next week. But here's the first step. 
maybe it's, okay, we're going to start family worship and praying at dinner and reading a little bit of Bible at the dinner table. Maybe it's, and you work your way on out. Hey, hey, babe, dinner has been not happening. We need to have dinner on the table at 530. I have this expectation. And he needs to have a kind of like the way I'd put it is he needs to have a humble, jovial confidence where he's optimistic, he's cheerful, he's humble, he's not arrogant or harsh, but he's also confident, where he's able to say, this expectation is not happening, and I love you, you can do it, I'm going to help you, what do you need to get it done, let's get this done together, this is going to, this is necessary for our family, or like, hey, I've noticed that from the, from the sun up to the sundown, you're, you're wearing the tattered, the tattered sweatpants, and I would like to see you dressed in your glory, so let's, and and I'm being kind of like these are this is if it's really bad. Yeah, yeah. But imagine if like it's most of the time it's like you got you're both doing pretty good, you're both Christians like and you're just looking at a few things and it's and it's like maybe as a husband you you're you're having an issue where in public a lot of times she's interrupting you or correcting you on details of a story and it's like a pattern she's in. Well then take her side. It's your responsibility and say, "Honey, you know, last night at house church Every time I tried to tell the story about our dog getting out, you corrected me three times and interrupted me six times, and it really is disrespectful to me. And uh, it, I, it, it comes across as disrespectful for me. Can you can you not interrupt me in public? And that's really hard to hear sometimes. But a lot of men they simply never correct their wives we'll at see, all. Yeah, they never say anything. They just walk around it. They build elaborate workarounds in their life to mm-hmm. have to avoid their wife. And the problem is eventually you don't even want to be with your wife. Yeah. Because you build all these That's elaborate true. That's true. workarounds. It's like a it's like a, a swamp that that like covered the path. And so yeah. you just make a big path around it, but well, it's like, it's like drain like, the swamp. I've said it before, that proverb, I think it's proverb, the faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yeah. It's a it's very hard for a woman to hear that. <laughs> It is. And and a lot of the time she's been trained in many church environments to think that her husband is the main problem. Yeah. And that she that she and women in general are typically more righteous than men. And that his job is to do the dishes, not tell her to figure out how to how do How to the do the dishes. dishes. Right. <laughs> and that that her his job is to affirm her emotions at all times. Instead of sometimes taking her aside and saying your emotions have been ruling the home these yeah. last couple of days, and it's not acceptable the way you're talking to the children and me. And you need to repent to that sin. You need to repent to the children. And I, and any, I, I'm here to help. If there's something specific that's making this difficult for you that I can come and bring yeah. some godly rule and order into, absolutely. But a husband needs to have the spine again, humble, jovial, like cheerful, not aggressive or harsh refusing to be, get mad or get goaded into an argument. But when a husband speaks, when he is godly and right before the Lord and not being harsh or domineering or not trying to make his wife, like again, like we talked about the men, not trying to conform her to some elaborate extra biblical standard that's totally crazy. Like when he's right before the Lord and it's a reasonable thing and he's genuinely helping her repent of sin, which is good for her. Like it's not good for her to be led by her yeah. anxiety or depression or emotions then he should have a confidence because he's speaking with the authority of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Discover the gentle touch of QP Goat Soap. That's right. She said goat soap. Introducing QP Goat Soap, a Christian, homeschooling, family-owned business with a great story behind it, one that really captures the heart of what we're all about here on Bright Hearth. 
For Quinn Pittman's ninth birthday, he convinced his parents to get him a pair of Nigerian dwarf goats, known for their sweet and creamy milk. Quinn not only excelled at caring for his small flock, it's since grown. Now an enterprising 16-year-old, Quinn and his family makes high-quality soaps that will leave your skin feeling soft and silky smooth from the increase of his herd. Head over to QPGoatSoap.com or tap on the link in the description of this episode to pick up a pack of his handcrafted soap today. Available in men's, women's, seasonal scents, and more, you'll love this family-owned business. And even better, use the code BRIGHT10 at checkout for a discount on your order. You can find that code in the description as well. That's right, and that code is all lowercase, BRIGHT10, B-R-I-G-H-T-1-0, at checkout for a discount on your order. Did you know that fresh American black elderberries are naturally high in phosphorus, vitamin A, vitamin B6, and vitamin C, as well as many anthocyanins that serve as antioxidants? Regular supplementation with elderberry extracts has been shown to decrease chance of influenza and lessen cold duration in symptoms. The King's Ridge fresh frozen elderberries are hand-picked, de-stemmed, washed, and quickly frozen at their family farm in East Central Indiana. Their whole operation is designed around maximizing freshness and antioxidant content of their berries. Trevor and Autumn truly hope that their elderberry syrup and fresh frozen elderberries bless your family this cold and flu season. Don't buy dried European elderberries and support the global economic agenda. Visit tkrfarm.com and purchase your elderberry needs from the Kings Ridge elderberries. And that link is in the description for you. Yeah, I was thinking about how toddler, people always say toddlers like to run into walls. Mm-hmm. And it really is the same thing with women. Wow, that is the most based thing you've ever said. <sighs> I'm just kidding. Well, it's true. It is. It is it's true because there like are, hear, there are certain, t- certain areas, any woman, how, however much she has it together, there are certain areas that she still wishes she would have straight clarification from her husband on. Do you like this? Do you not like this? For yep. whatever reason. And typically those women also do not want to overburden their husband in a good way. Yeah. But they end up just carrying around a lot of false guilt because they're not, they should just get clarity from the husband. Like there was something recently schedule wise. I feel like that I was like, I just don't, I don't know if you want me spending my time that way or do you know what I'm talking about? I do remember exactly what you're talking about actually. Yeah. So, and it, and I was just like, I don't, what is your expectation for me? Like, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? And it was helpful to just be like, okay, well that's resolved. (laughs) And it, it, yeah. And you just, you were just cheerful. You were like, okay, that's what I'll do. You weren't like, ah, I'm because I was asking you to do some Because it, it had. I didn't just say, like, take the easiest way for you, babe. Yes, correct. I genuinely thought, like, okay, what would be best for our whole family? <clears throat> okay, I think you need to do this, but don't kill yourself. And Yes. And so I feel like I was giving you And it had been something I had been thinking about for literally months. I didn't and know never you were thinking just about said, it at all. Hey, Brian. <laughs> this was a 10-second conversation, you guys. <laughs> I mean, I think it's good for people to see how yeah. quickly you sh- you should be able to move on. From she me. just called me and, and I was at work and I was like, hey, what's up, babe? She's like, here's the situation. It was like 30 seconds to explain it. And I was like, that's a good question. Okay, here's the thing. I think this would be good, <laughs> but this is too much. So here you go. And you were like, okay, I'll do that. And then it was like, all right, love you. Bye. I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because women can get really stuck in their emotions and it can be hard 
for them to know what is reasonable. Yeah. So they just go to either extreme, which isn't reasonable. Like I have to do all or nothing. Yeah. Or... And it's and it, just like, just like when I sit down with like, as a mom sitting down with my daughters, mm-hmm. when their emotions are just taking them crazy places. Yeah. Which happens. And you, they need someone to tell them like, you don't have to think or act this way. You don't have to believe that. Yeah. You don't have to be stressed out about that. Well, believe it or not. Yeah. So you don't yeah. actually have to do this. Like the elites don't want you to know this. But you can just not be a slave to your emotions at all the time, at all times. The elites don't want you to know this. It's so true, though, because, and what it takes in that situation, like this is what I think a lot of ladies can sometimes um, feel some kind of resentment about, is that God genuinely did design it such that a husband will be very helpful to you in not being ruled by your emotions if you let him. And don't get angry with him when he does give you some kind of correction surrounding your emotions, or if you if you will invite it. It's you were genuinely designed to be helped by that. Just just like, and I think this is another area that that is important. It, it's actually relevant to the question: is that a, a husband needs to embrace his wife as a helper, like use her help, direct her, give her leadership in what you want yeah, in the home. True. Okay, babe, you're like, give you an example. Sometimes a wife will like get her eyes on something that she's like, this is the feminine ultra. I'm going to turn the whole backyard into a garden. Yeah. A half acre. And he's like, oh, it seems like a lot, but I want to like support my wife <laughs> and like, uh. okay, direct her though. Yeah, Help that's her true. think. Be that's like, true. okay, <laughs> that's be good, babe. <laughs> that's good, babe. But, but we, what about if we start with two garden boxes? <laughs> because I also want you this winter to learn how to do this. Yeah, that's true. And I'd also like us to up our soup and hospitality game. Yeah. So here's the other thing. Here's a big crock pot that I'm buying you, and I want you to make soup every week until we master 10 soups, and Mm -hmm. this winter have people over and eat soup with us. Like, give her some direction. And like, she'll be so happy a lot of the time. And then also be like, oh, good. I don't actually have to do the whole backyard. It's true. It's true because she won't be like, well, where I'm just spinning my wheels thinking on all these things all the time. Yeah. You're actually making movement towards a mission. And I think a lot of people forget that. Well, maybe they just don't know that about Proverbs 31. She, the Proverbs 31 woman, I'm convinced, was not primarily just thinking up ways to turn a profit on her husband's money. I'm convinced that he was having her oversee his absolutely. kingdom. Yes, absolutely. He was telling her, you need to go focus on real estate in this way. You need to go clothe our yeah. children. You need to go take care of the maidens. You need that's right. what he was doing. And she was his deputy doing that. Yes. It wasn't her thought, her idea, yeah. her business. It his was heart his. Her. It was his kingdom that she was overseeing. Yeah, and and they were building a house together. And it, it's such a good point that like she was saying like think about the buying and selling of a field. She's involved in this. I guarantee this Proverbs thirty one lady wasn't like just randomly going out and spending huge amounts of money on real estate without her husband's knowledge at all. He trusts her. And over time, what happens is that when a husband is actively directing and he has a clear mission and vision for his home and for his wife and for his children and for himself and for his church and his community and his vocation, and the wife is actively serving as his helper and he is inviting her into it and directing her and she is eager to help and like working hard that what happens is they grow in this, in this wavelength until there comes a time when they're on the same wavelength where she's like, I know what my husband would want for me in this situation because he's given me clear direction. So I'm not guessing. 
and 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 she doesn't need as much she's not going to be asking him quite as many questions about a lot of these things over time. Yeah. Like she's going to be to the point where now she's the master handing on the skill to the daughters and the maidens and the, mm-hmm. and the other women in the church. And he's just look, looking over all of it and saying, he's yeah. no longer saying, Hey, you should learn how to cook soup. Like his wife yeah. is, she's mastered these feminine arts and she's now passing those on to children and church and family. It is interesting you say that because I've had conversations with Ari specifically our oldest. He's 10 um, over the last couple weeks. I can't think of specific examples, but there's been times when he has said, well, Hey mom, why don't you do it this way? Or why do you do it like that? Variety of things that Mm -hmm. I've told him like, because I know daddy would want me to do it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) That's why it's because of daddy. Yeah. So, and they, they do start to pick up on that. And I start to know, I, I think you're right is what I'm saying. I'm getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, I'm going to wisely manage my state and land this plane. Uh, any last <laughs> thoughts, babe, on masculinity, femininity? No, no. Okay. I'll point to one resource here and wrap it up. I've been preaching a whole series of sermons called Blueprints for Biblical Households starting with the foundational question, what is a family? And then moving up and we're kind of building a blueprints for a biblical house as if it's like architectural plans. So we're pretty deep into it. It's going to be a fairly lengthy topical series, but I just finished, I think like somewhere between seven and 10 sermons just on the wing of the house that the architect might've labeled the man. Like what is a godly man? Was it really that many? It was quite a few. I mean, we had sick okay. kids. You were probably only there for four of them. Well, unfortunately, yeah, but it happens. So we talked about men as lords, husbandmen, saviors, sages, glory bearers, how to be a godly lord, a godly shepherd, you know, many of these things. And now I'm working through the woman and her role and what that looks like as a lady of the hearth and a glory bearer herself. That's on our church website. Uh, we have a church app. I've been actually posting the sermons as of like two of two ago, full length to my Twitter account, since it's kind of prioritizing long form video there. But that's a good series if you'd like. Well, I hope it's a good series. Kind it's of a great hubris series. of me to say like it's, it's a such a good series. series, guys. I did it. No, but I hope it's helpful. And it's it's pretty dang practical. Like it's really in the weeds of practical application. So there's principles and there's application. So yeah, go check it out if you're if you're interested in a little bit more granular detail on some of these things. And I, th- I think it might help you. Uh, but that said, thanks for listening, guys. If you'd like to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. Um, that that we hope have benefits for you as well. One of them is just leaving us a good review, a five-star review wherever you're listening. Share this with your friends or your church family if you think it'd be helpful, if there's any episodes that jump out to you. Definitely share it. The word gets out through you guys. Support our sponsors. Uh, like I know that there's ads in the podcast, but listen to them because you know we try to have partner with Christian businesses that are doing good stuff and check them out for sure. And then also we have a Patreon channel where you can... Get access to uh, our Patreon community where we answer more questions. We interact. Lexi posts everything from like recipes to lots of tips and tricks around the house. We also release most weeks a short little podcast called In the Kitchen. That's uh, sometimes both of us, often just Lexi, kind of talking through some practical issue of the productive Christian household and household management there. And uh, with a lot of our tiers, other perks get thrown in when you support the show, like a feed the patriarchy mug and some other fun stuff. Um, So thanks to everybody, the patrons who have made this show possible and everybody for listening. We hope it's helpful. We hope the Lord blesses you through this content and uh, we hope to see you next time on Bright Hearth.